There are a number of questions around concealed carry during COVID-19. Join me on today's conversation with Clint as we have the Bradford County and the Tyler County Sheriffs here. Uh, we have CJ Walters and Frank Lewandowski again. This is another edition of Back Porch Podcasting. So if you are easily distracted by tractors, trucks, farmers making hay or small children playing in the yard, I am sorry about that, but um, it is way, way too nice to be inside recording. So thank you guys for joining us taking some time out of your busy day to drive all the way out here and sit on my back porch you're welcome good morning and thank you yes thanks for having us so let's jump right into it um we have been getting a number of questions um around the concealed carry and um what what some of the challenges you guys face you guys handle all the concealed carry stuff in each in each of your counties right so uh, folks have been wondering um, during the COVID nineteen specifically with permits. How how have let's see, let's start with you. How have folks been able to still get their have people been able to still get their concealed carry permits? And maybe talk a little bit about um, what that process looks like. Okay, great. Yes. Yeah, so we never stopped uh, issuing permits during this whole time. Uh, I was able to modify the process. I started taking in mail-in applications and we would get the backgrounds done and get them entered into the system and then I was able to set off off-site out of the courthouse okay and uh, we set up at a location there we had hours we scheduled appointments um, you know everybody's health is important we had shields set up and you know people had to mask to come in to get their picture we had hand sanitizer available so we really didn't take a fall on uh, any of that we we kept running you know business as usual and you know it's one of those things i found very quickly uh, and i'm sure sheriff Lewandowski did as well that when people are sitting idle, idle minds tend to want to get busy, and now they decide, oh, let me check my permit. Here it's been out for a year or two, or it's getting ready to right. expire. So now it's time to, oh, i got free time to go to the sheriff's office and get it renewed, and I understand that. But I'm very pleased that I was able to keep moving forward and, and no issues at all. That's great. So, Sheriff uh, Frank, um, talk a little bit about uh, there were some extensions that were made for people that, that may have had their permit expire in the midst of uh, when everything was closed down. Talk a little bit about that and why that was important. Sure. So there was actually two extensions. Um, and the most recent one, anyone um, on or after March 19th, um, got an extension by the governor's office. So it's now the extension is good through uh, July 31st of this year. Um, so that kind of helped things out. And again, just to copy off what CJ said, the same for us. We didn't shut down the license to carry process either. We had a very similar process, and uh, we're actually uh, very proud that we were able to maintain that as well. So, so somebody wouldn't necessarily even have to wait till July the end of July to to renew it if they need if they needed it done they could do it right now right at least with our offices both offices have been that's able great. to do just that that's great that's awesome well thank you guys for for realizing the importance of that and, and that was only a temporary offsite location as soon as uh, we started opening up the courthouse back you know I don't have control over that the judge does the president right. judge and the Supreme Court gave that order down and they did that as soon as we were opening up 
we were back in the norm. Everything's so, going yeah. again. Yeah. So one of the questions, CJ, that we've we've been getting a lot of lately is um, really has to do with concealed carry and wearing a mask, which the whole masking thing kind of blew up last night. By the time this actually is posted, this is going to be old news, but whatever. <laughs> That's the way it works. <laughs> um, but the so the masking deal, people have been asking whether they are allowed to have a concealed carry weapon and now they're being required to wear masks, there's some confusion of, of whether or not that's okay. Now, we, we've, we've also had questions about, okay, you're not supposed to wear a, a mask when you go to the bank in normal times, but now it's like, okay, it's all of a sudden okay to wear a mask when you go to the bank. But what is that? Is it okay for somebody to have a concealed weapon and wear a mask? Absolutely. There's been no changes to the laws of concealed carry, so yes. Great. So... Frank, talk a little bit about, um, we, and we've done some a number of concealed carry classes together, and it's been they've been awesome. Now we've kind of had to press pause a little bit here, um, and we'll reevaluate that and look and see when we can do one and how we can do one. But one of the things that we 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 cover in that is the do's and don'ts of concealed carry law. Um, where are some locations that people cannot carry, regardless of masks, um, but even with a concealed carry permit, there are some restrictions of where you you can conceal carry, right? Yes, that is correct, and it's important for the people to know that so that they don't get themselves or find themselves in trouble. Um, so like federal facilities, post office, um, court facilities, and that's any court facility, um, schools, um, veterans affairs offices, um, and there's, there's a few more. Um, so there's there's definitely the do's and don'ts that people do need to understand and, and make sure that they're checking. They can call our offices. That's perfectly fine if they have any questions. It's better to ask those questions ahead of time, right? Because you don't want to get yourself in trouble. It's it's Knowledge is key, right? Absolutely. And, and that's why we do the programs that, like, the three of us have put on several times now. It's the purpose of educating the public. That's the point, so that they don't get themselves into any kind of a trouble situation. Yeah. Okay, let's jump into the courthouses, right? So I, I visited the, the Tiger County Courthouse a few times. You guys are in charge of security at the courthouses, right? Yes. So, what, CJ, what are some changes? I'll ask both of you the same questions. So when folks from the 68th District, folks from Bradford County are headed to the courthouse, um, obviously there's been some changes of how how things are operated and, and kind of normal procedures uh, during COVID-19. Share with everybody some of the things that you've had to implement um, for the safety and uh, just to make sure that everything's on the up and up with COVID-19 and and, and how long are some of these changes going to be in place? That might be something people would be interested in hearing too. So masks are required to come in the courthouse all visitors have to wear masks um, employees moving around have to wear masks uh, you know we've instilled to people listen if you're coming come do your business it's not social time uh, leave your extra family members back uh, if it's one person that needs to come let that one person come in um, we've set up, you know, some social distancing, posted some signs. All of the offices now have, um, for the better lack of term, is a spit shields. Yeah. yeah like you, know, a, to separate. Okay, yeah. you know, one thing that people forget is 
their employees. We got to keep them healthy. If our employees aren't staying healthy, no matter which office, the courthouse is going to shut down. So it's essential that we keep our employees healthy as well as the public and not have no spread of a virus. So you know, there's hand sanitizers around. We've got rid of a lot of gathering places where chairs are gone and each office has determined how many people can come in at a time. Uh, you know, in my office, I'm very limited in space. I have one person that's allowed at a time. We have them wait out in the rotunda area, and then we'll call them and bring them in. So those kind of changes we've made. Um, nothing too major. You know, the mask thing is is the major one. Yeah. Um, but... You know, that is right now our order by our president judge is in effect till August 1st. Okay. I assume that will be reviewed by the end of this month and probably extended is my anticipation. Yep. So, and it's so important to make sure that these facilities are open because it's, there's so much commerce that happens because of it. When you think of real estate and, and, and even, you know, the fact that the court systems are open, like it's, it's a big deal to keep these open. I mean, when, when we were in the midst of the shutdown, it was, it was tough when our our courthouses were shut down for, for a number of different reasons. But, um, Frank, what are some of the things that, that people could expect when they visit the Tioga County Courthouse? So like CJ said, it's much of the same, um, we do provide, there's plenty of hand sanitizer there for you, for the public. We also provide masks, so if they happen to come to the door and they don't have a mask, we will provide one. Because, again, we want them to be able to come into the courthouse to conduct their business. Um, and like like CJ said, come in and con- con- conduct your business. Um, it's not for social hour. And then we would ask that you, you know, promptly leave um, just so we can continue to social distance. Um, so the you know the masks are there. We do uh, decontaminate, if you will, um, after like CJ said the same thing. We have someone in for at, at least in our office for a permit. Once they leave, um, we have that area free to clean it um, before the next uh, citizen comes in for a license to carry. So again, it's it's very much the same. We work hand in hand with risk management and the risk management and the board of commissioners um, on this topic. I would just like to add one thing, Clint. Just so people know, you know, the county commissioners, at least in our county, have opened up a lot more online services available, too. Yes. So for title searching and those things, to prevent the flow coming into the courthouse, a lot of stuff can be done online now. Well, that would be good for people to know, too. because So, folks, if you're listening or watching this, you know, if you have to do something, it might be worth calling the office that you're going to go visit and say, hey, is there a way to do it online? Because if if it's possible. Now, a lot of people in our area don't have broadband service enough to do it, so they may have to come, which is so important. But if they can do it online, that's an awesome, it's a great service. So, yeah. we've, we've, man, it's amazing how many online meetings. And, you know, Likewise. I yep. mean, it's just unbelievable. Yeah. I, I had, you know, the middle of March, I had my very first Zoom meeting. I'd never had a Zoom meeting before. And now here we are. It's like, it's like a daily thing now. But so I want to talk transition here a little bit. I appreciate what you guys are doing to continue to make sure people are safe. I know both of you are very involved at the Sheriff's Academy, um, working down there to continue to, to make sure that everybody has a high level of training. Um, talk a little bit about uh, the, the, the tr- your involvement in training new officers, um, it, it continued training. Um, maybe each of you take a couple of minutes and share why why you think that's important 
and maybe some of the things that you specifically focus on when you're down there helping teach some of these classes. We'll start out with Frank this time. How's that sound? Sure. Um, so just in some of the stuff that I teach down there, like defensive tactics, which involves you know prisoner transport, handcuffing, um, uh, use of the force continuum, because it's very important that... It, for an officer, and I say officer, that encompasses all. So deputies, sheriffs, officers, etc. Um, but what we want to do is make sure that they can engage or disengage, and they can also uh, escalate if need be and de-escalate. Um, so that is extremely important. So also teaching uh, courthouse courtroom security uh, again. We have an obligation. CJ and I definitely have an obligation, and, and we have to share that with the deputies that we have a very important job in protecting the courthouse. You know, going back to the courthouse courtroom security, as we have to protect people for, you know, first and foremost, we have to protect property, and we have to protect all that information that's in the courthouse. And that's a very important um, job. You know, and with all the what we teach, um, you know, the biggest thing I can say for, let's just say deputies in this case, uh, because of the Sheriff's Academy, but the every deputy, and I mean in, in every officer out there today, especially with what's going on, they have to be competent mm -hmm. and confident in their job. If not, it sort of weakens the moral fiber of their associates. And it also, at the same time, weakens or, if not destroys, public trust. Hmm. So a competent officer or deputy out on the street that's well-educated, and that's why we're passionate about teaching, and I know CJ is. I can speak for him on this matter. Um, but that is why we're so passionate about it. That's why we, we train so hard is we need those deputies to, to hit the streets um, and be competent and be confident so that they can effectively do their job, perform their duties uh, in this profession. CJ, how about you? Talk a little bit about training and why, why you value it and, and are so engaged in, in that process. Well, I can echo everything that Sheriff uh, Lewandowski has said. I mean, it, it's paramount. I feel this is my opinion, and I feel, you know, I've been in this for 20 years. I uh, and I've went through the police academy, and I have the luxury of teaching at the sheriff's academy. We have one of the best academies, hmm. um, and it's a little over 20 weeks, and it's intense. They require a lot out of these deputies. Uh, the the training is bar none, and there's all kinds of instructors. We have, you know, we we've developed a friendship with instructors throughout the state. The top notch. They're not just from the sheriff's offices. They're from all different levels of law enforcement background or criminal justice background. Um, I only go down for the firearms part. That's what I do. I, I like teaching firearms. I'm very passionate about it. Um, you know, I, I always have the mentality of this, and I tell every deputy that when I'm working with them on the line is, you need to be proficient, efficient, and confident in that firearm ability because you know what? You could, you and I could be working together someday. Right. In a situation, you never know. Just because the county says it's, 
Tioga or Sullivan or whatever, we could engage in a situation where we're hand-in-hand, and guess what? I want them to be able to use their training to their best of their ability, and they better know how to do it. Firearms, just like, and, and Frank would concur, defensive tactics is a perishable skill. If you don't use it, you lose it. You know, we all can get on a bicycle right now because we'll never forget it, but we're not going to be good as a bicyclist. Right. You know, (laughs) so firearms is the same thing. If you don't practice and you don't shoot and you don't train, you become rusty. So it's paramount. And I'm very proud to be able to teach at the academy. I think it's a. it's just a wonderful academy, and, and there's a lot of effort and good training put into these deputies or sheriffs coming out on the street. Yeah. And just to add one thing to that, um, CJ said it very well. You know, we talk about in today's world about defunding police, right? And, and with that, you're going you're gonna to take away the education, the training portion. That is the worst thing you can do. Um, as far as I'm concerned, and I've been... I've been 24 years of service now. I've been teaching it for 19 years. Um, that's the worst thing you could do is take money away from the training budget. If if anything, they need to add to that. Exactly. That, I think I totally agree with you on that. And that's, I think that that's what makes us all better, right? I mean, any any type of training that I've ever been to. I mean, when I was in, when I was in the construction world, I would go. I would purposefully take time and go to trainings. You know, with what in different fields, just because I wanted to get better, a better, you know, really hone in on my skills of concrete and and make sure that I understood what I was doing, and so I could do it in a really great right. way. I wanted to be better at it, so I would personally invest my own money to to drive to Ohio to take a three or four day class to get better, and I think. To me, obviously, we all that should be our goal is to get better at anything we do in, in life. And I think that's, that's so important. So investing time and resources is what it takes to do that. And until we're going to get serious about that conversation, um, the rest is just, you know, it's, I think it's just noise out there at this point. It, it doesn't make sense. Right. You know, that, that, when that, and everybody knows it. But I think to value the training piece and education piece is so, so important and so paramount. Well, I just, and I'd like to add on to that. And we're obviously, we're not getting into a whole yeah, story on this. So, everybody, we're a little bit off script here. <laughs> right, right. That's okay, though. But, it's a back porch podcast. Right, exactly. <laughs> but listen, this training stuff has not happened overnight. How many boroughs? townships do you know with police departments that literally every budget year they're cutting the budget and where's the first place they ask the chief to take the money from training training yeah well officer you get your mandatory updates that's good enough well no it's not do you know do you want to go to the dentist that operates once or twice a year or do you want to go to the dentist that's keeping up and going to training and becoming the lead? Guess what? I don't like anybody in my mouth. <laughs> so I want to go to the top guy. Right. You know, so just like a heart surgeon. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's... Well, or when you need an attorney. Right. One, it's done one or two cases. Uh, maybe they were successful, maybe not. But you're looking for the best. Right. You know, there's a way you get there. Right. And that's that's so important. So appreciate your guys your investment in that time and and I think it's it's just so so important and it's something we could we could really spend a whole podcast just talking about this and and how important it is but um 
one thing that I wanted to touch on here is 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 community policing. We we can talk quickly about that and how and why that's so important. It's kind of the the new phrase, you know, that everybody's not. It's not really new. We've been we've talked about it for a long time, but. Um, we have we've done something here in the United States. We have National Night Out. It's really bringing law enforcement, first responders together with the community. Um, we've we've hosted some of those here, you know, in the district, and it's man, they're so popular. People love them, and it's a great opportunity to to for people to realize that law enforcement and first rep- first responders they put their britches on one one foot at a time just like everybody else we're in this together to make sure that we have a safe community and um so so we're however this year with covid stuff i i get it we're, we're not going to be able to do some national night out stuff but it's so so important um that being said both talk a little bit about your passion for getting engaged in the community um, as elected officials, we all are. Um, it's so important to be to be out there and listening and hearing what people are saying. Um, so, so talk a little bit about why why that engagement in the community is so important from from every for, for law enforcement and and really all elected officials. Who wants to go first? CJ, you want to go? Uh, yeah, sure, I'll go. go. I don't care. You know, community <laughs> policing, you're exactly right, is not new. Um, in 1996, I was attending Mansfield University. I did a term paper on community policing. You know? <laughs> 1996. Yeah. So, and it just hit me when you said that, community policing. And um, this is not new. And I feel like every day that I go to work, it's part of my job. I, and I engage. I instill in my staff. We have to have relationships with the community. And it doesn't matter the age. It does it, honestly. It doesn't matter who you are, um, background, no background, anything. You know, they're the eyes and ears of what's going on. They're they, they're they're the pulse of the communities. And if you you want that rapport, you better build that rapport. And you got to be comfortable with people. And I know I've heard all kinds of stories from. You know, very friendly to the opposite. And police officers or deputies not wanting to talk to people. But community policing, I think, is number one in our job. Yes. I I don't think that, you know, I've been doing it for, again, 20 years, and it's been paramount, regardless of being elected or not. Right. We have to have our communities engaged. And I think it shows in both of us because... We do a lot just from behind the desk with phone calls daily, and our staff sometimes says, "Where are these calls coming from?" <laughs> you know, so it, what's being accessible? Right. I think, and 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 answering the phones when people call, or, or and and that's you know prior to this COVID stuff, like we were we were all super engaged out there in the community, and that's what's that's what's so important, and I think that's what needs needs to continue to happen and figure out ways to do it even in the midst of pandemics, but. But Frank, why why is it such a passion for 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 you for you specifically, you know, to be engaged in the community? So you know, keeping it, I'll keep it short. Uh, this for me has been a long, long time. Um, I've been coaching youth sports for I think I coached about twenty five years. So it started for me very young, and then it just kind of fell into the law enforcement uh, side of it. And I also teach and have taught for many years community-oriented policing at the police academy here at Mansfield University. Um, So just kind of tailing off what CJ said and said well is just that. Like, we have to be engaged in the public. Um, 
you know, Sir Robert Peel said, <laughs> he said many, yeah. many years ago, um, the, the public are the police and the police are the public. Without the public, we cannot do our job. It's impossible. And as you can, you can kind of see that now on, on television. <laughs> so it's important. And that's why we do all these events. Um, you know, for many years, I've been in the schools doing drug programs, safety programs from, from kindergarten to 12th grade. Um, I think it's important that the public sees their law enforcement officials and knows the other side of them. It's not about just getting the ticket. It's not about just getting handcuffs put on you. Sure, if you're breaking the law, there's a good chance that's going to happen. Well, there's consequences. There obviously. is consequences to our actions and everything right. we do. But, you know, we just need people to understand, you know, there's not an us against them. Or at least we got to make sure that it, that doesn't happen. It's not an us against them. We're sheriffs and sheriff's deputies and there's police officers and state troopers we all live in the same community hmm. we all go to the same church we all go to the same grocery store or movie theater or restaurant so we need to work together um so that that's why it's i'm so passionate about it i, I feel that it's extremely important and yes we need the public so that's all the, the topics that we had scheduled to cover. <laughs> so um, is there anything else, any closing thoughts you guys would have for the folks of the 68th District um, that we all serve? Uh, any, closing, any closing thoughts? I'm going to sum it up very well. I, I'm very proud to be the sheriff of Bradford County, and I'm, we are blessed as the people that live there where we live. And... You know, I've taken it for granted. We see what's going on in the world right now. God bless my county. Hmm. You can beat the drum all you want, but, I mean, honestly, you need to do some self-reflection and be humbled by that because we're living pretty good. We do. We have a We have an unbelievable place to live and community and where people truly care about people and people have got each other's back now i, I talked about it this morning on a, a facebook live video i did it's 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 challenging right now because what what ends up happening is people when we see what's going on at the national level in the world the national level and even in our commonwealth i mean we're all we talked about this offline this morning a little bit you know we get frustrated with things that happen in the commonwealth we all do but what what we cannot let happen and what really hurts us even more as individuals and as a community is when we let these frustrations that we see and, and we, there's nothing there's very little we can do with what's going on in the world and at the national stage and even very, honestly like even now I feel today like there's very little I can do at the at the commonwealth <laughs> as, as the elected state rep like there's very little I, I'm trying I'm not trying to do as much as I can but there's very little we can do but when we let those frustrations and we let what, what we see happening at those levels really take place in our, you know, in, in, embed themselves into our hearts, we get mad and we get frustrated, we get angry. And then what we end up doing is we end up lash out at somebody that we, we would have never done. And maybe that's a family member, maybe that's a pastor, maybe that's a religious leader, maybe it's an organization that you've in, you're involved in, maybe it's a business, maybe it's a 16-year-old that's being paid minimum wage to ask you to wear your mask. And then we, we just unload on them. And 
it's not fair to that 16 year old it's not who we are as a community so that would be my now we're totally off script but that would be my my thought you know and challenge to people is listen we're all in this together we can't let something like this change who we are as a community like you said cj like what we love this community so don't let what's going on at this at the federal level or the state level change who we are as the 68th district and and who we are is we care about each other we work together we 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 support each other and we do everything we can to make sure that we are thriving as as a community because we if we don't then we're in trouble because we all we have is each other. <laughs> like that's, I mean, that's yeah, really what it is. It's Frank, true. any closing thoughts? Yeah, much of the same of what you guys are saying. I, I feel too that I'm extremely blessed to be where I'm at, um, and I'm just blessed to work for the people of this county that I that I work for. And you're right. You cannot get entangled in this mess, this noise, if you will, that's going on in our country. Um, you know. Especially, you know, I, I get it. Some people are haters, and, and haters may always be haters, but don't take it out on all law enforcement uh, for some of the stuff that you see. Um, are there bad officers out there? Sure there is. There's bad everybody in every profession in every walks of life. Um, no matter race uh, or sex, it, it does not matter. But just I would ask the Tioga County residents uh, to stay strong be strong be safe uh, we're one community we're united and we will get through this we will that's right it's going to be tough and i think every day seems like i i feel like hopefully we've turned the corner <laughs> like every day but it seems like the corner might be a little bit further down the road um but well, we you, will. And, you know, I, I'll just share this real quick. And I think this drives home. It was pretty humbling to me um, this past Sunday. I just got home from church, and one of my deputies had texted me and said, did you know anything about a gathering in front of the courthouse on Sunday? And I'm like, no. <laughs> kind of like, all right. And he goes, there's a pretty decent group of people there that have signs and American flags and they're supporting law enforcement. Hmm. I don't know who these people are. It wasn't organized. They took it upon themselves. And I said to him, I said, try to grab a picture. Like, I'd just like to see it, you know. Now, we have cameras. I can go in on Monday and and uh, pull the cameras. And he, he went back through and he's like, hey, I'd like to grab a picture. And I'm like, we really don't want our picture taken. And he convinces them that the sheriff wants to see, and they said, well, listen, you can take the picture, but don't share it. Hmm. And right then and there, I thought, you know, that's a pretty damn proud moment. These people weren't asked, all ages. They stood on the courthouse square for several minutes with signs supporting law enforcement. Hmm. That's what our community is about. Well, that, that's where we'll end it, folks. I, I appreciate you guys taking the time to come out here today. I'd like to thank you for that. Um, I realize it's a, a sacrifice to, you know, you guys have other things that you could be doing today. But, um, folks, let's continue to support our law enforcement. Let's continue to support our community. Let's continue to make sure that, um, that, that we don't let what is going on in the world 
change who we are, um, and that is uh, people that care about each other, people that support each other, um, and, and stand for what's right and just in, in, in the world today. So thank you guys for being so committed to your community, your commonwealth, and your country. Um, also, um, I just want to let everybody know that if they have any continued questions, they could reach out to you guys directly, um, reach out to your sheriff's office, that, that and people can uh, ask any, any additional questions um, through that format, right? Absolutely. Yes. Great. So that's all the time we have for this edition of Conversations with Clint. I hope that you found this helpful, and uh, we hope that you can join us again real soon. Until then, be a changemaker in your community, your commonwealth, and your country.